created live on Fireside. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to YNS Live. I am so beyond excited for this next guest. I know I say that all the time, but this one I've known for a really long time. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear Bridget Burke Brown's story. She is the um, inventor of Beyond Beauty Project. She is the host of Beyond Beauty Project Mm -hmm. podcast. She is an ex-model and she has an amazing story. So I cannot wait for you guys to hear. Just wanted to welcome John, Sarah, Stephanie, Marwan, and um, welcome Bridget. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So I know I, I'm hoping your um, simulcast is working. I didn't check it before. And I've told everyone, you know, like, check it before. And I got too excited. And I jumped into the room. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll post it after. If not, right? We will. Yes. And you know what? The funny thing is, I also did a, um, I opened a Twitch account. So it's, it's simulcasting oh on God. Twitch right now. So welcome, Twitch. <laughs> By the way, what is Twitch? I don't know. I, know. I don't know. Okay, I know Twitch just because of my k- kids. It's um the like it's gaming, like it's a gaming thing. But you can, uh, I guess, there's shows, so it's a new one for me. And I just opened it yesterday because I was like, oh, I have to, pr- I have to practice this. So, um, I, I just want to say thank you again for coming mm-hmm. on. And I've been, I know I've been talking to you about Fireside for a while, and I'm just so happy that we can have you here to share yes. your story. Yes, I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah, I feel so, honored that you asked me. I mean. Well, you have a great. Like, story. I, mean, I hope I share it well. <laughs> you do. I mean, and you really have a very heartwarming, touching story. I mean, really, you really do. And where you are today, and like what you've been through, um, is just you know a testament to who you are and your heart, which is yeah. absolutely golden. So, please, Thank I'm going to send this over to you, and if you can just give us, um, you know, the insight of who you are and how you so, created Beyond Beauty Project. Yep. Okay. I feel like um, the creation of my project is really the history of my life. And then it's also this rock bottom moment. So I feel like if I start from the beginning and kind of go through it, it would make the most sense. So I grew up in Michigan and my mom, I grew up with my mom having multiple sclerosis. So she was very sick and she was, you know, in a wheelchair by the time I was 10, I think, walking with a cane when I was five. And I, I saw her really struggle with her, her body, rightfully so it was failing on her. And she would have to be on like mass doses of steroids that would make her gain weight. And she would, I just always heard the, the deep pain that she had for her body. So fast forward, I, so I grew up dancing my whole life. A lot of my friends were went on to be professional dancers. I decided to start modeling because my parents didn't really have the means to pay for my college. So at that time I was going to community college. I was working full time. People had told me like, you should model, you should model, but I had zero interest in it. And then when I was making money, I was like, "Hmm, maybe I should try this. Maybe I could make like a hundred extra dollars a month or something, you know? So I, Found a photographer I shot. I ended up um, leaving home at, I was almost turning 19. And I started in this world. And pretty quickly, I realized that the judgment on every single part of our looks was cruel. It was not natural. It made me feel really bad about myself. 
Um, so, you know, I, but I was having fun. I was traveling the world. I was living in Miami. I was living all over Europe. I loved the opportunity that, that it gave for me. And also I was making good money. So, you know, I, when I started, when I first started, I definitely smidge a lot of disordered eating. I did all the fad diets. I did diet pills. I did all this stuff. You know, this was the late nineties. It was also the waif era with Kate Moss where, you know, skinny tastes better than something. I forget her tagline, but you know, so I'm like trying to smoke cigarettes and like not eat basically. And I wasn't very good at any of the, I wasn't very good at the dieting because I actually like to eat. <laughs> I like kind of sucked at it. I would try and then I would be like, where's my, where's the muffins, you know? But I saw a lot of girls around me severely struggle, like painfully, you know, I threw, I saw like the throw up in the garbage cans. I saw all of it. And um, one of the girls that I hung out with a lot, she, she um, went on to have a horrible eating disorder, but it was starting to become hard for me to be around her because I noticed that she was watching, she was analyzing what I was eating constantly. So I started back then creating these coping methods almost. And I now teach them in my Beyond Beauty workshops. But one of them is called Mind Your Body, Mind Your Plate. And I just said, okay, if I'm going to be able to eat with these girls that are struggling with severe body image issues, I have to like, what they're doing is none of my business. Even if they're looking at me, what, what I do with my body is my business. So I, I call it mind your body, mind your plate where for example, and I won't go into this too much, but you can come to my workshop if you want to hear more, um, where say I'm not to eat and maybe I know someone has a little bit of a, cause I still get triggered easy. I've been in the world. So, so long, you know, where I will say, what does your body need? What does your body want on this menu? And then I literally, I don't look at what people are eating and I eat until I'm full. Almost to the point where I will sometimes like be at a dinner and I'm like, oh my God, everyone's been done for like 10 minutes. And I'm just like over here. And they're like, can we order dessert already? And I'm like, sorry. But so I like, so, okay. So then also during this time, I thought, God, I had this thought young one day. I feel like my dream would be to help women and young girls with confidence and self-esteem. I was always really into psychology. I thought I would be a psychiatrist one day. Um, so about five years into modeling, I stepped away because things were getting a little too crazy. And I started educating myself. I was like, you know what, if I'm going to stay in this career, I need to, I need to do it the right way. So I got my personal training certificate. I got um, my holistic health coaching, I studied Ayurveda medicine, started doing severe therapy, reading all of the books, all the self help books, all the fitness and, you know, wellness books. And the agency was calling me again. I was like, all right, I'm going to try this. But when I go back, I'm going to make a promise to myself that I will not work for anything that I don't, my body doesn't fit into naturally. So when I went back, I went much more into like a commercial world, which I ended up having a very successful career in. And uh, let's see. So hey, can around, I, can I yeah, pause yeah, you? Ahead, sorry, is that, like, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. I just, I want, cause I want to go back to when you were, so when you were 19, you were, you were working, as you said, your parents, you know, the means you, you knew you wanted more. 
but you were like, how can I do this? And everyone kept telling you like, okay, you should go into modeling. You should go into modeling. Can you just give us like a little snip of like, how did you go about that? Like, what did you do to like then put yourself into that mind? Cause I know there's people out there that are listening that are like, okay, wait, I, I, this kind of resonates with me, but I don't know how to go about it. Yeah. So what I did was I researched, God, probably back then it was, I don't know if it was word of mouth or the phone book, but right. <laughs> I, I researched the best photographer in town who is still a dear friend of mine. And I shot with him. I just, I already knew like, just find the best person. So right. did that shot with him. And I was telling him my plan, like, you know, I'm going to help pay for my college and I'm going to, you know, make more money. And he was like, I think you could, you could travel and do this. I was like, yeah, whatever. Right. So what we did at the time, and I think now you would submit it through email and the internet and stuff. <laughs> I mean, finding people that know and have ins in the modeling world is definitely helpful because um, it can be hard to break through. But there's a lot of now like online submitting. I would just say make it a really good submission so they notice you. But yeah. so we put together a package with some of the photos we had taken. I wrote a little letter and then they always want like, updated digitals back then it was polaroids so they want to see what you look like now because sure professional photo can be retouched and all that right so i sent them out at that time everyone faxed we didn't really even email yet i'm like right. oh, am i aging myself <laughs> but so i had this job at big boy headquarters i was the secretary of purchasing don't ask me how i got that job i didn't even know how to type and i was always like that though i was like i'm just gonna do it just right. figure it out. Like I remember going home with my mom's old typewriter and her old typewriting like books, like from business school and like teaching myself how to type. And like my, my boss coming over going like, does she, <laughs> does she know how to type? <laughs> so anyways, I send out packages all over the world with guidance from Emin, this photographer. And I come back on a Monday and my boss literally hands me a stack of faxes. And he's like, so I guess you're not you're not working here much longer. And I'm like, what? Wow. And it was really cool. I had faxes from Australia, Paris, Miami, New York, everywhere. I'm like, I was, yes. my mind was blown, you know? Right. I mean, so from that day, your life really changed. From that day, my life really changed. Your life and, really changed, yeah. Yeah. And I would say that, you know, as we talk about this more, you know, like sometimes I'm a little bit hard on the modeling world because of, I think the modeling world has a way to go, um, as does advertising. And we are being more inclusive now. And that wasn't the facts back in the day at all. Right. There was maybe one black person on set. There was no size um, variances. Like it was, there was plus size didn't even exist. I remember right. when they started it. Right. I was like, wow, this is cool. Finally, you know? Right. Um, but in my personal experience, modeling gave me great life. It gave me my life I have now. It gave me opportunity that I would have never had. So very right. thankful for that. Right. But the, I, again, like, so when you, when you went home and showed your, your mom and, you know, your, your family, your dad and your brother and stuff, what did they say? Were they like excited or were they like nervous? Because they were like, okay, we're going to lose, like, you're going to be traveling the world. Do you remember what their... So my mom was not the most supportive, I would say. I don't think it was because she didn't want to be. I think she 
was really scared. I wasn't going to go to college. I mean, in my family, my twin brother is the first college graduate. Right. You know, so she wanted us to do that. And um, I was like, sorry, I'm going to go do this other thing, you know? Right. So, but my dad was pretty, he was supportive. Right. So, okay. So now thank you for giving some little insight in there because I think it also yeah. just, it, it, it paints a picture, right? It's your story. And it, I can see you sitting in that chair and your boss coming over with the faxes and saying, I think your life is going to be changed, right? I mean, that brings you back. I can can just imagine that feeling and that excitement, but then I'm sure you also had like nerves, like, holy crap, okay, what do I do? And then being thrown into it where, again, now you're seeing people who have been in it, right, that have body image issues and this and that. Yeah. And, that's, and you have to really, you know, you obviously have a strong uh, core, right? Because as you said, you had people that were really, really harmed by it, but you were like, okay, you you were harmed for a bit, but then you were like, no, I need to strengthen myself. And that's when you got back into yeah. it. And I think that's also just a testament to you, again, your, oh, your heart, yeah. but also your fight, right? Because of what, and you're yeah. getting into more of your story, but more of the fight in you and who you were born to be, right? Because it was yes. like, no, I'm not going to let this destroy me, but I saw the positive is in it. And I want to make this the positive from my terms, right? So you yeah. brought it back to your terms. I have this really good friend who we started in the industry together and we were still great friends and we've been through all this stuff together. And she said something interesting that will piggyback what you just said. She's like, you know, even though we had all these struggles, maybe along the way with our body image or what have you, she's like, we always wanted the best for ourselves. And right. I think I always, I mean, I had low moments, but I always wanted that. So I think that was always in me that kept me kind of going. Um, so should I continue? Yeah, please. No, I love so that. The, yeah. Down the yellow book road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so around the time I started educating myself, I also, I have to backtrack a little bit. So I used to have horrible skin. Like I was on Accutane twice was and it's very debilitating having bad skin. Like you're right. just, if you haven't had it, you don't understand. You really don't. You want to hide. You don't want to be around people. It's so embarrassing. It's a total knock to your self-esteem. So what I started noticing when I started taking care of myself better was that my skin was getting better and my mm. skin was starting to glow and people were starting to ask about my skin so I started becoming very militant about my skin. That's a little part because I, in my Beyond Beauty project, although we really focus on empowering confidence around body image and mental health, I love throwing in, like, I always have these BBP favorites and I ask my guests, like, what are your, like, tried, tested, loved products over time? I want those. And I right. share them. So that started happening. And um, so I started, I noticed a big difference in my skin. And then I had this career that was great. And I was sort of at the top of like the world in my life at that time. And I how old were you? Jason. My, yeah. I was around 31 when I met him. Okay. Um, so I meet my husband who is the love of my life. And I'm just like, this is good. Life is good. And then my world literally shattered. It was like. I just, I couldn't even believe it. So I'm engaged. My mom, or she had multiple sclerosis. So she had been bedridden for a few years, but she, so my brother and my dad were primarily, my older brother and my dad were primarily taking care of her. 
Because at that point, she was pretty bedridden, and, like, they were the only two that could lift her. My twin brother could, too, but he has kids. You know, he couldn't be there all the time. Right. My older brother wasn't married. And um, my older brother had this series of falls, and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. Fast forward, he ended up having um, a brain tumor on his brain stem, and he had to have emergency surgery. We had to move my mom into a nursing home, which they made her get this surgery because she had this pump in her that basically was expired and it, and the, you know, they had to be up to code right. that went bad. Um, so I lost my brother. I lost my mom and then I lost my brother. Um, my mom didn't go to our wedding. My brother ended up going to our wedding, but he had like staples. Like he was like just had surgery, you know? Yeah. And then I get pregnant on accident. Not that I wasn't so happy, but it was like, I kind of wanted like a moment to get back to my job and career and right. enjoy my husband. And so I get pregnant and then my dad passes away at six months. And I'm like, this is within a two year span, yeah, a little bit I under. And so I have, and I also like, this was the start and this is the important part to, to know is this was the start of this body that I sort of looking back now controlled I didn't control it but I knew exactly how to eat and how to work out and how to sleep right. to keep it in the shape it needed to be to fit into the modeling boxes right and you know so I'm pregnant my body's changing um I have scarlet I have postpartum or I'm just depressed I don't know because I lost my family Right. Then I have a best friend pass away at three months. <laughs> I laugh just because it's like, well, because it's so it's I just have... it's so much. I mean, it's so much, and you're going through the best, right? Because you get married, you have a baby girl that you you know you've always wanted, but right, you were also like, okay, I was going to get back to my life. You had lost your mom, so you were like mourning and grieving, and then having these really important things happen in your life. Like that is totally crazy. Like the emotions. It was complete spectrums, like complete. I was like, whoa. Like we would be at my, I remember at my wedding, I think it was just filled with so much love because people knew what we were going through. Like it was like, you could feel it. Right. Oh my God. Like I can feel it right now. Like going back, it's like the love that people brought and the, the time that we had. And I just like, I remember my um, my stepmom coming up to me and she's like, listen, today you just focus on being here today and getting married and like all the love that's in the room. And I did that. And then the next morning I'm going and seeing my mom in the hospice room. It was right. just these wild, like total opposites. Right. Um. So then I, you know, I'm trying to kind of, I'm trying to get myself back, get pregnant. Then I have a a series of miscarriages. So I have, I lose um, a baby, a baby at five and a half months. I lose a baby early ish, like nine weeks. I don't say early ish. I don't mean that for like, you lose a baby, you lose a baby, but just just in relation to my other ones. Yeah. Then I lose twins at five and a half months. So I have identical twins. I had twin to twin transfusion. Um, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's basically where they share a placenta and one gets too much and the other doesn't get enough. So one went into heart failure and the other wasn't growing. So I lose them and I'm literally, I'm, I'm just like, I'm dead. I'm crushed. I'm suicidal, legit suicidal. Like I think God had done so much therapy 
And I knew my emotions so well that I actually, I, I, I texted this one friend that um, I knew had felt like this once. And I said, I think I said something like, I just feel like it would be easier if I wasn't here. Right. Make me cry. And I, I said, know. did you ever, like, is that normal? And she said, she said, I think you need to tell someone. Yeah. And um, so I just like started telling people and I was like, I'm not going to cry today. I'm not going to cry. Um, <laughs> I knew so I was going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> so I told my two best friends at home. I just texted them. I'm like, hey, I'm like, I'm, I think I'm suicidal. I feel suicidal, you know. And uh, they were so supportive. And then I told Jason, I told him, like, it's funny. I didn't tell him right away. And it wasn't because he's, like, the most supportive and the sweetest. I yeah. mean, you know him. Oh, my so. God. He's such an amazing man. You can justify that but um I just it's like I didn't want to he had been through so much with me yeah I had stood by my side through like every loss and that I wanted to like be okay but I wasn't right and um so then another part of this is so the way I thought that I would feel better was I just want my life back when I felt on the top of the world I want that back. I can get right. that back. I can get that. Back. We all think like we can go back, you know? So I'm trying to get in shape. I'm like, I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to feel grateful for my daughter, blah, blah, blah. So I go to the agency and I'm like, I'm ready. I can go back to work. And I had this very strange like interaction with them. And I leave and then for a couple of days, I'm like, something was wrong. So I, I end up calling my agent, my booker. And I'm like, what? Like what? Like, yeah. just tell me, like, I'm a, I'm a grown adult. I was 40 at this point, you know? Right. And she's like, I just think you need to work out more. I think that your arms look a little thick, like kind of went through the, and <sighs> I got off the phone and I bawled. Yeah. I was like, I was, and I was just like, and there was no kind of, God, you're a woman that's been through a lot. Right. You know, like your body's been through a lot. So I got the phone and I'm just like, I always had this dream to, you know, empower us in confidence around body image. And here I am crushed because someone told me my arms looked big and right. they are not big. Right. They right. are so not big. Like I so don't not big, have big right. arms. <laughs> like right. I'm like at this point, like I'm definitely a size six. Right. Just to put that in perspective for everyone, you know? So I, Took like a, a while, like a week or so. And then I said, you know what? I just, I just need to step away. I had already had Beyond Beauty sort of, it was already like I was writing stuff. I was journaling right. a lot. I was sharing some of my favorite products. So I had the wheels. It was very baby though. You know, it was like right. my little infant. And um, I, and I walked, so I was a Ford forever, you know, it's like an iconic agency. And I, I, they had switched at that point because that's a long story that I don't really need to tell you guys. But right. um, I was terrified. I was like, if I walk away, like, am I going to ever be able to do this again? You know, right. but I knew two things. I knew that I could not heal my body if I had people judging it. Right. And I was judging myself enough. I had to work on not doing that to myself. Two, I had a three and a half year old, almost four year old looking at me like she was idolizing me and I'm like I need to be a good role model I'm not being a good role model I'm trying to shove this 
body, this beautiful body that's been through is a warrior has been through so much stuff and I'm trying to shove it into a size four. Like, so I just said, listen, I have to walk away. They were very sweet about it. They're like, you could have, you could work, you know? And I'm like, no, I just, so I walked away and then I just started pouring myself into writing. And honestly, really during COVID was when it almost like was my sanity. I would just write and share and right. Um, so, and I knew that like in that moment of feeling so low with my body, I knew it went back to the very beginning when I started modeling that if you don't feel good on the inside from the inside, it doesn't matter what you look like. Right. Our looks are so fleeting for women and specifically our bodies are constantly changing and transforming. Yes. <laughs> There's not a lot of support around that. There's not enough support around women's bodies changing. I think we need a lot more of it. I remember being legit pissed at my friends when I got pregnant and I gained like 70 pounds. Yeah. You didn't tell me about this. No one told <laughs> me that this. I thought I was going to be the like fit, healthy, pregnant lady that was like, uh, I even yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I gained 65 pounds with each of mine. I was over 200 pounds and I am not a big person. And my sister and I were pregnant at the same time. And she's got just a, like, we're the same height, but she's got little, like little bones. Like she's so many stretch marks. I have no stretch marks. And everyone was always like, how do you not have stretch marks? You went giant. And I was like, I know, but you're right. Like I, she gained 25 pounds with each kid. Cause she had the extra apple. Cause that was, she, I ate like yeah. a monster. Cause I was like, extra this is apple. amazing. And, and I just remember like afterwards being like, Oh my God, my butt is huge. I, I, can't, yeah. I didn't even know that it could get that big, but then yeah. working. And I, you know what? I actually was like, I'm going to have kids for the, like for a little while, like my, that was in my plan. And I'm fortunate enough that it was that I yeah. didn't like, I didn't do anything in between. I would lose the weight. I'd get pregnant. I'd gain it back. I would lose the weight, gain yeah. it back. And then afterwards when I was hit 40 is when all of a sudden I had to then all of a sudden start working for it again. That's just because I'm blessed with good genes. Um, but for women that don't maybe have as good genes, it's, it's, uh, and and now at, you know, almost 48, 47 and a half, well, December. So it's a little more than 47 and a half. It's a, it's a, it's work. Like it is yeah. work and it's, they don't tell you that. And you're so right. So I yeah. mean, it's, yeah. They don't tell us that. And, it, and we can also like, we could call it genes, but it's also body diversity. Like there's different body shapes, even how you said like your sister has small bones, like so tiny. we're so programmed as women to be thin, disappear, look like the cover of Vogue, you know, be like Heidi Klum who walked on the runway three months after she had her baby. It's not natural. It's not normal. And it's not okay. Like we have to be able to celebrate the changes. And I mean, I could go on about that for a long time. It goes way back to the, you know, it's very patriarchal, like the whole, like the whole, system of women being valued on how they look and not for who they are for not for who they are and I think what you said is so important like 
but it's, it starts with the woman and you have to think about it. Cause I know as I was okay with gaining that weight because I knew I was going to be able to take it off. Right. And I obviously yeah. had a healthy body image, but I do remember when I hit 40 and it was more like Harder. close to 41. And I remember we were coming to the beach and I said to Dan, but it was my best friend was diagnosed with frontal lobe dementia and we didn't know what was oh. happening with her. And, um, and Montgomery, we, we knew he was dyslexic, but we didn't know what school we, he was going to. And I was eating my emotions. I was not taking care of yep. myself, but I was like, you know, it was back in the, um, you know, whole foods where I would have a bag of quinoa chips and a bottle of wine. And I was like, okay, that's my dinner. Um, and then yep. I would eat the scraps off the kid's plate. And all of a sudden it caught up to me. And I just remember looking at him and he was like, you're fine. And I was like, I haven't been this big since. I was pregnant and I want to go to the beach and I want to get into my bikini for me, not for anyone else, yeah. but for me. And I was yeah. like, I need, I need to start working out. I mean, I played two college sports and never really had to work at it. Like, you know, I stopped the second yeah. I moved to New York city, I didn't have to work at it. And all of a sudden I did. And so, um, and I wasn't okay with, you know, all of a sudden where my body was because I yes. felt, but so I you think you have to feel good. You have to feel good. But then as I got older and I, you know, as I got gained muscle and I was okay with being 20 pounds over what I normally was where other women would be like, Oh my God, the, the, it keeps going up in weight. And I'm like, well, no, because you're gaining muscle and muscle weighs more than fat, but they didn't, you know, no, I don't want to, I don't want to gain that muscle. I don't want to have those strong arms. I don't want to look strong. And I was okay with that, but that's because I was yeah. okay with it. And I understood that they weren't, but it is something you have to get in your mind. And it's not, it's not easy, even for the most, you know, secure, sane, sane person, you're going to go through yeah. the ups and downs. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure on us for sure. I think it's it really feeling is. comfortable in your skin. Yeah. And however that is for you, you know? Yep. I, I totally agree with that. So I would love for you to dive more into, cause I know you have your podcast and, um, yes. you know, so you said like during COVID, which I know COVID was so bad for so many people, but there was all, all, you know, a lot of people that there was a silver lining. We had like, there's yes. some really good things about it. I mean, Dan wasn't traveling five days a week and I had him finally mm -hmm. home, you know, which was amazing. Um, the kids finally, you know, morning and night would see their dad, which they hadn't, you know, pretty much for their whole lives. So I know. it was a really special thing um, that happened to us, you know, to us. I mean, Dan did in, during COVID lose his job and all of that, but we were fortunate enough that, you know, it's all worked out. But um, I think it gave a lot of us time to pause and really kind of yes. see what we're really meant to do. So I yes. love that you said that you were able to kind of write and get into the flow. So kind of take us through that. Okay. So yeah, so we moved out of the city. Jay was like, did not want to be in the city. So he moved us to a rental where we saw no one for like four months. <laughs> love him, but that was not the easiest. So I would just, you know, Scarlett was on Zoom, which that was a nightmare. Right. And I would just... I would just take my computer out and I would just start writing and I would write and thank God I was one of the first ones to order a Peloton because <laughs> the Peloton and writing about beyond beauty project literally saved my life. <laughs> um, or I would have been drinking a lot of wine and quinoa <laughs> chips too. The quinoa right. chips to be healthy. <laughs> right. um, but yeah. So, and then I had gotten asked probably a year prior to be on a podcast. Um, I was on Jarek Robbins podcast. And I, so I think when I was kind of right now, I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to start a podcast. So I just started asking people 
And right when we moved into our house, um, so we were in our rental, let's see, I think we were in our rental for like four months. And then we moved into where we live now. And I just started recording right away. I didn't have an editor. I didn't have my room soundproof. I didn't do, I had nothing. I had nothing correct. So I started it. I found an editor through my graphic artist. And he was like, okay, well, you need a soundproof your room. I was like, oh, really? Okay. That's duh, right? So then I started, I kind of started like piecemealing it, but I just kept recording. And I honestly figured it out as I went. I was terrified. I have old imposter stuff. Like I'm not good enough. People are going to find out I'm a fraud. I am not smart enough. I am not a, you know, I'm not, I, I think that like, I'm not a good speaker. I mumble my work, like all of it. So when I started editing, I was like, I got to throw all this away. This is horrible. You know? <laughs> and then I just kept honestly listening to the, I guess the mantra that people say is like, just start. Just start. Just do it. You Just do it. You just have to start. And I definitely saw like my perfectionist come in like, and I'm like, God, if I'm going to try to be perfect at this, I'm never going to do it. Right. Because perfectionism doesn't really exist anyways. So I'm like, what do you, so I just put them out and I'd sometimes I would write like my room wasn't soundproofed, you know, sorry. And then I'm like, no one cares about that. So I just put them out and uh, now I'm fully soundproofed. I have all my stuff. I have a great editor and everything. And um, it's just kind of rolling from there. I think that I definitely will still have moments like, what am I doing? Am I qualified? But I just, keep doing it. And when I get messages from people, I just got this beautiful message from this girl. She was actually pregnant. And she was like, I was having a horrible day. I gained three pounds in like a day or something. And, and this is another thing going back to like, we don't have enough support around women's bodies changing. Like, it's okay. I think she gained three pounds in a week. Like she's in her 37th week. She probably should. Right. The fact that she is having a, a horrific time and just feeling horrible about herself right. is like a testament to how much work we have to do still. So um, she's like, I'll get a mess. So I got a message from her saying, it's having a horrible day. I popped on one of your podcasts and it, you literally like saved my life today. Like I'm so grateful. Oh. And yeah. So getting those messages, I just, that's what keeps me going. I know like the work that, I do today for this or we do today all of us women that are fighting for it's like it's gonna help the generations to come it's gonna help our daughters it really is and you know I do want to go back because that you know 37 weeks gaining three pounds which is totally normal I remember my I was late with every single one of mine my oldest I was nine days late then eight days late and then six days late and oh wow every time I would gain 10 pounds. And from, I think it was my first, I would gain, every time I went back to the doctor, I would gain another 10 pounds. And thank goodness I was comfortable of who I am because that doctor would have screwed me up because she was like, no, you're, 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 this is terrible. You're gaining too much weight. You're gaining it too fast. When you have your sugar cravings, can you just have an orange juice? And I looked at her and I was like, no, I don't want an orange juice. I want Reese's peanut butter cups, even though it's crazy because <laughs> now I'm so healthy. Like what I ate yeah. when I, I, you know, we, we lived Same. in New York city. I used to walk around the block. I would get every slice of pizza and I would get then Reese's peanut butter cup and I would have ice cream. I mean, I just ate everything. 
And every time I would go, she would make me feel shittier and shittier. Like she'd be like, okay, how much weight did you gain today? And it was like the joke in the office. And thank goodness I did make it a little bit of a joke because it was, I mean, I came in as like, you know, this kind of petite woman and I grew and grew and grew. And it was not funny, but because I became so big, I actually, I was okay with it though. So it wasn't like I felt bad, but if I, if I had, right. You had a good sense of self. Yes. With your body image somehow. We go into that a lot in my shows where, um, you know, if people really struggled, where does that come from? Does it come from, I talk a lot about, you know, it's coming from our moms a little bit in, in sometimes a lot of times, no fault of their own. They're right. struggling because of, but, um, you know, how are they talking about their bodies? And I'm very mindful of how I talk about if I ever have those moments or when I was going through, a bad episode during my last miscarriage of not speaking about it in front of Scarlett because I want her to feel the way you felt. You know, I didn't feel like that. I didn't have that. And my mom didn't. Yeah. My mom was five foot and I had five kids. So she definitely, there was times in her life where she was heavy and she wasn't heavy, but she never, ever talked about, like, I don't remember my mom ever talking about her body or what she looked like or anything. That's interesting. You know, and so I think with the same for my daughter is, you know, um, I don't talk about how my body looks, but I definitely, since she's been little, I've always worked out and taken care of myself. Same. Um, and same. so I hope that that, you know, equates to the same, or is it like, we're still, even though we're not talking about it, we're still like over-focused on it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I'm eating healthy. I, you know, I, it's, you never know, right? I think it's a su- super fine line. I'm actually interviewing these girls on Wednesday. They're doctors. They studied female body image. I'm so excited to like, yeah, pick their brain, one. but that's yeah. a question for mine uh, of mine to them. But I think, I think there's this part of focusing on our body that's respectful of yes. being healthy. Like a lot of this is sounds maybe cheesy, but a lot of why I work out right now is because I want to be strong to carry Scarlett for as she loves for me to still carry her yes. like just in the house or whatever because she's six. But um, I want to be able to carry her until I can't carry her. Right. I carry and her every morning down the stairs. And Aww. I think to myself, it's because I work out. It's because you I'm work strong. out. And you know, I love that you said that because there were so many times and that's what I used to say when people said, okay, you, you, you know, you really focus on working out and taking care of yourself. And I would always say, cause I want my kids to see that I'm strong. I want, I want to be able to lift things that their dad can lift. Right. Yeah. He, you know, he is a man and he is stronger. He's a strong guy, but I want to be able to do it. I don't want to have to be like, honey, can you come and lift this? Cause I can't lift this. And I want to be the one to do that. And, you know, especially, you know, um, cause when I had started really focusing on myself, Penelope was younger. So it'd always be like, I want the boys to be like wow, my mom's really strong. Like, look at her yeah, muscles, you know? And, uh, right. And it, you know, as I've gotten older, it's, it's definitely different, but like, you know, I would love playing football with them and playing basketball and like getting like, I mean, we would play real, like I mean, real tackle and like, but you know, it, it, I wouldn't have been able just, to do it. Yeah. To be honest, you wouldn't have, like, I can tell, like you said, the 40 thing earlier, and I know everyone talks about 40, but there is kind of something at 40 where like, and I don't know if it was, it was probably also my miscarriages, but you kind of, you gotta, you gotta stay moving. And if you think back way back in history, we weren't sitting all the time. We weren't, you know, now you have to go to spin classes to get the same amount of exercise that they got in the full day. Like, you know, going to pick the corn and hunting and right. So finding ways I think to move that make you feel good too, because 
Oh, well, yeah. it's also, I want to be like the 80 year old. It's like, I can still do a, a headstand and yoga. Yes. Like, right. Yeah. And then don't you like, I also, for my mind, if yes. I, it's, it's so much for my mind. I mean, you know, you know, my husband and there's times where he'll be like, Ooh, honey, I think the squirrels, <laughs> the squirrel needs some exercising the squirrels in there. because I get such squirrel brain where I'm like, and and that's when I walk my dogs is also like the such the time where I can kind of settle myself. But my kids would know yeah. in the morning when I would get them up for school, did you not work out this morning? And I'm like, sorry, because sometimes I can come on a little intense. But when I have worked yeah. out, I'm a little yeah. less like crazy, right? Girl, same. <laughs> I always say, sure. Okay, so yes, I love to work out to be strong and stuff. And also for your, for my back, a lot of people yes. have bad backs. I don't my work out. Back. My back is not okay. But I would say my main reason for working out and going back to even like the Peloton during COVID, that was for my mental health. Yes. I would have been insane person. Yes. And also it leads into like my anxiety. Then I get depressed. Like if I'm not having like, I need like a sweat every day. Yeah. Um, or at least uh, I need a good walk. Yes. And you know, it's, it's, um, and I talked about, I just actually, my podcast that just launched today was an hour. I do my live shows now. I never do my, my, your next stop. They're 30 minutes, but the woman I talked to and it's, um, and I'm not going to cry this time because I did, uh, when I recorded with her last week, but when my dog Doyle passed this summer, something happened to me and I stopped working out cold Turkey. I couldn't do it. Mm. And I think it was because I just needed everything in my body to wake up and be okay for the kids. And and I know like yeah. there's people listening, everything that you just went through, people are like going to be like, oh my gosh, it's just her dog. But he was like, no. my, he was my world and he left us suddenly. I couldn't save him. It was like a very traumatic um, experience. And yeah. I haven't, I just started getting back into it, but he passed in uh, the beginning of July. And I mm. literally, it's been like a chug a chug every week. I'm like, I add like two more things. Uh, yeah. Um, and, but every time I'm like, okay, I need to get back because my mind, I'm, I can feel it. Like I can feel it. Everyone well, can feel it. And it's, it's one of those things that's like, I just have to get back to that mindset and it's hard. Right. So like anyone that's listening to this, whether you're listening through fireside or you're on um, Twitch or YouTube or Facebook, or, you know, if you're catching this on Instagram <laughs> through a post or LinkedIn or Twitter, um, there's many different reasons to work out, right? And to be healthy. And a lot of people think yes. it's just because you want to look good. Yeah, I like to look good in my jeans and my bikini, but it's really so much more than that. It's totally mindset. It, honestly, I always say, let's make sure we feel the best we can feel from the inside and let what happens on the outside be like the added bonus. Yes. Let that be the added bonus because if you work out primarily for how you look, you're never going to look good enough. And right. You're never going to feel good enough because you're putting this. Can you hear me? I think my earbuds might have died. No, I hear you. Yeah. Okay. Um, they might just be doing the like, do, 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 do. Right. Um, <laughs> but you'll never think that you look good enough because you're striving for something that's not attainable. And even going back to, you know, having to just be okay for your kids. I think, especially as moms, but all of us, like, God, giving ourselves grace, giving yes. ourselves grace and knowing that we do go in and out of things. It's kind of like what I said in the beginning. I just always, even at a young age or when I was going through stuff, I always wanted the best for myself. I always wanted to try to feel the best, you know? Yeah. So it's okay if you need to sleep. 
Mourning is exhausting too. Yes. Grief is exhausting. We well, don't talk about that enough either. No, you don't. And that's what it was. It took everything for me to get out of bed, to show up for my husband and my kids and my other yeah. dogs, you know? And, um, and I didn't realize it at first. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. Why am I so yeah. tired? I just had a, I just slept. But then, you know, still to this day, I can still cry terribly over him. And yeah. it's because he left us so suddenly and so early and I wasn't, you know, expecting it. And I, he was only eight and it just, you know, there's so many different things about yeah. it. But the fact that that's what it's, and the reason is because the morning that he, uh, Dan was like, something's wrong. I was going, I had just like kind of taken a couple of days off because three weeks prior, we brought him back to life through CPR because he had collapsed and I brought, he was dead and I brought him back and it was the most insane thing I've ever oh done. You brought him back? I, well, Dan and I did together, but I'm the one who started it. I literally heard God or someone saying, do CPR, do CPR. And I, I was like, oh my God, I never did it myself. And I, we brought him back. Um, and it was Whoa. so traumatic, so traumatic. So for those three weeks, I was always so scared though, that something was going to happen to him. So I wasn't sleeping. I was tired. Yeah, I was sleeping. like, I was worried that anytime I left, what if I left? Cause Penelope had like lacrosse tournaments every weekend. And so I was leaving mm-hmm. Dan and the kids and Dan was like, he's going to be okay. But Dan's like, I'm, I'm, he's never nervous. He's like, I'm a little nervous. Like, what if I can't bring like, you know, the pressure that it was on everyone else. Yeah was yep. so much. And it was three weeks of that, that I kind of had started dwindling my workouts. But that morning I was like, I'm back, I'm going to work out. And I did a, a workout and I was going to go for a run. And when I was leading the door, Dan yelled, something's wrong, something's wrong. And then for some reason, mentally, I just never was. And that's the day he passed. I'm never able to, I wasn't able to get past that. Like every time I went to go work out, yeah. I just kept hearing Dan going, something's wrong, something's wrong. And it was like, yeah, oh, it was such, so triggering. But this week trauma lives um, in our body right i mean it really does yeah. and, and as strong as you are right and as and i we were like oh, I'm, i was yeah. in such a great spot work podcast everything was going amazing could yep. not wait for the summer and it was like my legs got cut completely right off it was yes it was tough your legs tough. get cut that's a good that's a good analogy yeah. And I lost my breath and I couldn't get it back. And I'm just mm-hmm. starting to come on the other side and getting it back. But it's been like, you know, since July, which is, yeah. You seem like you've been just rocking it. So, well, isn't, I, it, isn't it like amazing what we can still do though? Yes. Or well, that's the thing. All these emotions. You have to yeah. make sure that was another thing I, you know, when I lost the twins, I realized I haven't dealt with the grief and the trauma of losing any of these people so I had to really stop and it was like for the first time I'm like in therapy like crying and I'm going god I I actually had a moment where I still was in denial that my dad was gone because he was my best friend right you know I mean the amount of loss that you went through I mean that is insanity it was insanity it really is any loss is like it's very traumatic we have to give ourselves space you know and god obviously knew that you could handle it which i know i'm sure you heard that so many times and sometimes it's like well f that i don't want that right but well you know i do sort of think that all of what i went through this is what i believe is led me to my project in a way yes yes it's like it led me you know even the you know, Asian telling me my arms were thick or, you know, not recognizing my body after that miscarriage. I right. didn't, I would look in the mirror. It was like, I couldn't see myself. 
like body dysmorphia or whatever. Right. And um, yeah, I think it all leads. There's like a lot of amazing things can come from a lot of pain. I mean, if that's you, a lot of if, history. Yeah. Yeah. If you work through it, I think, you know. But that's the key point. You have to work through it. And that's what I wasn't doing. Like I literally was just like, I'm going to keep going. Yes. Because I can't stop because anytime I stop, I would literally like break down. And I was like, oh. Same. Right? No, I know. Yeah. I kept going for a long time. A long right. time. Just I'm still healing it, you know. Just oh, this last, just like a year ago, I had a serious breakdown and we were on a trip, me, my husband and my daughter. And uh and he's like because I, I was at this beautiful beach and I was miserable. And I was like, right. what's and I just start. I started. I, we saw my dad's best friend. I started crying, and I did not stop for the rest of the trip. Right. Jay's like, "What's wrong with you?" I'm like, "It cracked open. It all cracked open." Right. And um, I actually did this trauma therapy at a canyon ranch upstate. Oh, yeah. And they said something so fascinating that I just didn't realize that when you have trauma or grief and you don't deal with it, you keep yourself very, very busy. How can I keep busy? And then you're always kind of exhausted because this thing is still in the back of your mind exhausting you. So I was so busy. Everything was, I was trying to get everything perfect and done, but I was exhausted. Right. And um, yeah, so we're going on. <laughs> we could I talk know. forever. We could talk forever. Well, that's what I love about you. But I mean, seriously, thank you for coming on and 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 Aww. sharing your story because I know that also brings up stuff, but you're gonna help someone with your project and tell I know it's in the, the cookie here, but anyone that's driving, don't stop and look at the cookie. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at the cookie. <laughs> the fortune cookie. Yeah. So if you can tell everyone where they can find you and when your podcast, like when the episodes go, I know you go live on Instagram a lot as well. So if you can share that with all the yeah. listeners, that would be awesome. I'm actually live on Instagram today at 1230 if anyone wants to join for that. Um, And then my Instagram handle is beyond.beauty.project. I'm mostly on there. I link everything to Facebook. And then I have a YouTube, which I don't even know what my YouTube is. I think it's B. Burrick Brown. I should know that. And then obviously my website where you can find all my socials is beyondbeautyproject.com. So that's a great one. But yeah, I have um, my podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I release bi-weekly uh, or bi-monthly, I guess. So twice a month. Uh, my next one's out next week. And then I do a lot of lives with the... And then I have a blog coming live in January where I'm having these... Yay. Oh, I'm so excited about it. I have a bunch of experts, body image experts, um, doctors writing, a lot of people sharing their personal stories of eating disorders and trauma. And I hold workshops too. So that's amazing. So many fun stuff. But that's the thing. Subscribe. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing. You're doing so many amazing things. And as you said, out of your trauma, really what you're doing and helping other people which is, yes. you know, I mean, I feel like that's what life's about. I, I mean, I love having my fireside shows and my podcast and all the consulting I do is because I want to lift other people. I want to put your story out yes. there so it gets out there because what you went through is going to help someone else. And it's so important yes. for all of us as humans just to do that because this world needs better. Yes. We need to be better. We all need to be better. You know, I want to circle, I want to say one thing, because I think this is important too, um, for my projects. And then I want to say something about that is because I was a model 
and people were hiring me and paying me for the way I looked. And I realized that how I looked didn't match up with how I felt. That was huge for me. I'm like, if I feel like this, this is a, this is an issue that we have to talk about because it doesn't matter how you look because it didn't matter how I looked. I still felt horrible and I was depressed and had moments of severe, you know, body image issues. And then the other thing with the helping, I agree. I always say like, people think they have to, like, we're lucky, like we've created these bigger platforms, but people think they have to do these grand things. And I'm always like, just hold a door for someone right? or be present with someone. Whenever I go on right before I press record for my podcast, I always say, like, if we can help one person yes. with this episode, we've done a great job. Yes. But I love what you just said there, because this is what I this is how I raise my kids. I always tell them to be aware of what's going on around them. Right? Yeah. Be aware because there's someone that actually might need your help. There might be someone that you don't realize that just dropped their books or did this. You know what? Be the guy, be the girl that goes up and picks that book up and gives that to that person that dropped it. You're going to make them better and you're going to feel good. And it sounds so silly and little, but it's so true. It's so true. I always say if you are having really bad body image issues or even depression, and both of those typically, obviously things go into it, but you're hyper-focused on yourself. The quickest way to get out of feeling bad is to go reach out to someone, listen to their story, go help them somehow. And it can be in big ways or small ways, you know? Yes. And you know what? And that's why I love, again, the power of storytelling because each of us have our own stories and there's going to be people listening being like, oh my gosh, well, my story is not like that. I don't have a story like that. If they, if you really stop and think you have a story and there was a part of your story that actually shaped you and is making you the person that you are. And so if you have a story that you don't like, you can shift it. You, you have the power. Each individual has the power. And we all have been in times where, as Bridget said, that, you know, she was not feeling good. She was not. There's been times where I don't. I mean, obviously, I just shared that we all need to be show up for ourselves, but then also, yes, ask for help. So this, like what you're doing with your workshops and your podcast, if you're someone that's like, I don't want to see a therapist, I'm not comfortable with that. You go listen to a podcast where, you know, Bridget's having people on talking about this. It's going to help these, you know, shows like this inspirational stories are going to help. So that's what I, I, I'm saying to everyone out there. That's what I want you guys to do. Just be better today, be better for you, but also try to make someone else's day a little bit brighter. So Bridget, thank you again so much for joining us for YNS Live. And um, again, guys, beyond.beauty.project is where you can find Bridget. And um, I'm going to bring up, and again, Marwan and John Lee, thank you. I know you guys are the the sole survivors in here, but Bridget, what's really cool is you're going to see how many times this was shared and it's, it's such an awesome platform. So I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I honestly was very excited. And this is the first time I actually told like the whole story. So Mm. I'm glad I was with you because you made it. Mm, Thank you. And I I so appreciate it. And thank you for trusting me to tear, you know, to share your whole story. I adore you. You know that. Yeah. And we didn't cry too much. We did an okay job. We did. We did. (laughs) It could have been a lot worse. (laughs) Okay. So now we need to have some wine and quinoa chips. Yes. Oh my God. We'll yeah. definitely do it. The next time I have you that. on. Yes. When you start your blog and stuff, let's plan that where you can come and, and we'll do that. We'll have it where you, you kind of unveil your blog. Oh my God. I love it. Let's Live with 
wine and quinoa chips. I'm in. <laughs> totally. <laughs> All right. Say hi to the family and I'm going to bring the uh, weight bot up and you'll hear as we leave the music. Thanks everyone for joining. Thanks Bridget. Thank again. you everyone.